0: Everybody and welcome to another episode of Getting Hammered. I am your host Mary Catherine Ham. I'm here with my co-host Vic Mattis. He's not the King of England because that someone else took that job just this weekend. Sorry, Vic.
1: It would have been Victor the First, <laughs> which is that's, that's funny very because I don't. Sounding. I don't. I don't think Mary Catherine that the does that is that a real thing? I guess it would be technically once you have, but if there have hasn't been anybody ahead of you. Would you would they be calling you at the time like George the First, or would you just be calling you King George?
0: I think you're just George. It's like being Madonna. Like you're just the the one. As opposed to Actually, there are two Madonna's, I guess. There (laughs) are two.
1: (laughs) There are two Madonnas. That's a good point. As opposed to like if you've ever had to go to jury duty in Washington, DC, the building where the jurors report is the H. Carl Moultrie the First building mm. and I, I i've always wondered is there h carl moultrie the second
0: well i mean there must junior. be yeah, junior yeah that makes yeah, there must be or else he wouldn't yeah. be the first it's like the first battle of bull run wouldn't be the it would just be the battle right of bull right run right
1: the great war okay there wasn't a second yes one. hello mary catherine i am i am fine but i was so disappointed to learn that we lost half the show last week <laughs>
0: Because it, um, it was a real winner. Gold medal you, stuff.
1: You were like, it was some good stuff in there. You, it was like, you were like Rosemary Woods with the Nixon tapes, the 18 and a <laughs> half minute gap. And people are wondering, what did they miss? So did you tell them what we missed? What uh, they
0: missed? Yeah, I went over the basics. Yeah. I, I filled the 18 minutes with some eight minutes of content.
1: Gas stoves, KJP.
0: Yeah, we did, we did the basics.
1: Did you, did you tell them about cow's milk? We
0: didn't talk about oh.
1: <laughs> Well, re- just to get to the point of it, the short answer, everyone, is we are pro-cow's milk.
0: Yes, yes. That was it.
1: Yeah, that was the whole story. Yes. That's right. Squeeze those udders. That's what I said. Squeeze those udders. Maybe that's there why, you go. Yeah, there you go. But, you know, it happens to the best of us. It happened to me early on. I know you remember this. This was supposed to be the great getting to know you episode.
0: Oh, I know. Lost to time.
1: Lost of time. And it was like, it's very faint. But man, there was some good stuff in there. And it lost it lost to the ages. We don't know people will never know
0: our backstories. Because we never talk about ourselves. So someday at a at a at a thrift store, someone will come across the old tape.
1: The lost tape.
0: Of Vec and MK talking about their lives. (laughs)
1: <laughs> that's right. Getting to know you. Okay, so how are you? And did you? I watched bits and pieces of it. Did you watch the coronation? They call it the the coronating, but I don't know why they just don't say the crowning of King yeah, Charles III, Third. But did you did you watch it?
0: I did not watch it live until
1: it's a five my, hour difference
0: until my regular waking up time. So yes. I, you know, like. We got downstairs. and You know, I wake up around the time that the coronation started. So we got downstairs, we got the kids downstairs, and I thought, hey, the girls might, the big girls might like to watch some of this. Um, and they were very puzzled about kings and queens.
1: And Oh, really?
0: We're just, they're interested in the idea of a monarchy. It's very... Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, if they're watching that and they're interested in the idea of monarchy, it must have been for a child. Very magical. To yeah. To see I, I think pomp and circumstance.
0: Yeah, and they're sort of, they're, of course, comparing it to Disney princesses and asking me uh, how, the, how these things compare. Yes, and I'm yes. talking to them about a constitutional mar- monarchy and what that means. So we might be on different wavelengths.
1: John Podhoretz John also compared it to the Disney princess parade every day mm-hmm. at Disney World because they come out with the carriage, the golden carriage.
0: They were impressed with that carriage. They were like, and That's wow, the real deal. That is a heck of a carriage. Yeah.
1: It's like 18 carats.
0: Just, um, the whole thing gilded, that, that is pretty astonishing. It's really a very uncomfortable ride.
1: Oh, very hearing. rocky. It must yes. be very rocky. I enjoy the various regiments from around the remnants of the empire. Yeah. Because eventually you see, you'll see, you always see it looks like the, the troops from the Bahamas. Yes. Over, because they're wearing those pith helmets. Yes, I assume they're from there or from maybe another one of the Caribbean nations, member of the Commonwealth. And the other one I like is the Australians because they have that hat.
0: Well, I liked, I Which think maybe my can't,
1: listeners can't see, but you know the hat I'm talking yes, about. Yes, I and do. There's a name for it. Yes.
0: I think, I think my, maybe my favorite part was the hip hip hooray, the three cheers. Oh, yes. They where were all very the where proper. all the military raised their hats on the hip hip hooray. Yes, First they of all, did. It's so rare to see a non ironic hip hip hooray, <laughs> right? It's just, yeah, it's not a yeah. common experience. And then the 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 doffing of the caps was very it was in unison. It was very cool looking for everything above. was in
1: unison for Hip I Hip Parade.
0: I liked that very much. I wish that the, the weather had been better for them. I it was
1: better for us when we were in England. That's what I noticed. The sun was out for us, but it's raining on Charles you know, and the Queen Consort.
0: Victor I the First deserves the best, something. you know? I think my favorite well, I have two favorite looks of the day. Uh-huh. Princess Charlotte, I thought, in her white yes. little capelet and her and the little headpiece. tiara, yes, oh, thing. so cute. Technically, not nice. a tiara, I believe, a oh. headpiece. I think there was Puts some there was some discouraging of tiaras or crowns for anyone but the king and queen. Uh, is it a
1: diadem? Would you call it a diadem? I
0: don't know if it's that or not. Yeah. but I, I think it was. It, to to me, it's okay. So this is what I gleaned because I was trying to figure this out. Because like, why wouldn't Kate and other members of the family wear tiaras that they already own? Why did they have these special yes. special headpieces made? And I, what I figured out, I think, I don't think this is fake news, is that there was some suggestion that Charles wanted a bit of a scaled down event, right? Not so, so heavy on the let's oh. show everybody how many riches we have. Yes. Of course, there still was a gilded golden carriage, but you know, it's it's still the yes. the monarchy, right? But there was some suggestion that they wanted to be a little more chill, right? And so I think this was Kate's somewhat glorious loophole. She had Alexander McQueen make these beautiful, <laughs> encrusted with something, mm. headbands that lent themselves to Charles's passion, which is the the, the flora of uh, he Britain. Loves. Well, yes. he loves the flora and so i thought that was a i thought Except they were the beautiful flora. i loved that hers matched yeah. charlotte's that was so cute and then i know you probably noticed her the lady of the sword did you see her
1: the The lady of the sword
0: penny mordaunt is a conservative mp whose job oh. it was to like carry this four or five pound oh i jewel encrusted sword and she looked fine <laughs> I'm going to look that up now. Oh, you will find her. That sounds her. great. Penny um, everybody's like, Everyone is Googling a great name. during the, the, cor- the coronation, who is this lady with the sword? And she had a beautiful teal outfit on with gold embroidered leaves on it and a headband to match. And she, she rocked that job. I don't understand that job, but yes. she did it with a plum.
1: I was, I was so. going to say, when you, when you mentioned the hip, hip, hooray moment, which I saw live, And how you know funny it is when it's met it's it's said sincerely what that brought to mind was in blazing saddles and the governor who is played by mel brooks is like can i get a huzzah huzzah everyone's (laughs) huzzahing huzzahing harumph harumph you know you don't you don't really get that anymore it's
0: it's a bit of an odd celebration i was one i did appreciate one of the british commentators while speaking on an american feed maybe it was the today show or something he said I do. He just conceded that that some of this is genuinely ridiculous, but that's what part of being British is, and that's okay. So I enjoyed that. I thought the American commentators left something to be desired because many of them could only talk about diversity and the multi-faith observances, which are all part of the day and interesting, but it was the it was such an American take. Like, this is I the was, only thing we yes, can talk about.
1: that sounds like NBC. I was watching on Fox, and Ainsley Earnhardt was great. Uh, with yeah. Piers Morgan. They're very good. Now, only really, really quickly, you know, when we were in England, our cabbie, she was telling us how upset she was with Prince William, because okay. cause everybody knows, everybody knows he's not been faithful to, to Princess Kate. And I said, what? As an American, that was news to me. I've never heard this. Have you? Okay. So I- do know about this rumor (gasps) and (laughs) by the way this is a royals podcast i don't know if listeners (laughs) knew we changed it in between getting hammered is now
0: so i am not i am not deeply into the royals although i think you know i i sort of came of age with william and harry so i and kate of course as well and so i i kind of i feel more affinity for them than i understood people having for die and and Charles, Charles. I, I, that sort of mystified me when I was younger. Yeah. So now maybe I'm getting it because I'm in the next generation. So I do like Kate and Wills. They seem to like each other. They seem to raise their children and enjoy their children. I think that's nice. I have friends who are very into the royals. And so I hear things from them. So there's this rumor that William had a relationship with a, a lady. And I believe it's like lady as in capital L lady. Yes. some Somebody to the manner born in some yes. British way. And her name is Rose. And... Here's the interesting thing, you want the tea? You want the tea, Vic?
1: <laughs> Give it to me. At
0: at the coronation, one of the page boys along with George, so the oldest son of Kate and Wills was behind the, yes. the king holding his robe. Yes, I was noticing that. Whatever you Saw call them. that thing, is it a robe? Yes. And one of the boys with him was Rose's son. Oh. So the question is, is he there because there was no such controversy? Or he's he there because we're pretending there was no such controversy. Yeah,
1: yeah. Prince Prince William is almost pulling a Jedi mind trick on us. Yes. So I think it's so obvious that it wouldn't be.
0: Right. In fact, it is.
1: Oh, that's um, good stuff. I'm glad I brought it up.
0: And I I, I was I'd very not disappointed because I
1: can't imagine. I think Kate Middleton's the best. I that's do. all I'm going to say. I
0: I prefer to not believe these rumors, but it is a rumor. Okay.
1: Okay. And I should clarify. She's not my favorite Kate, but she's the second favorite <laughs> Kate. Kate, you know? Kate Beckins, Kate Beckinsale too, by the way. <laughs> okay, There's so many Kates in the running. <laughs> yes, yeah. Now, Mary Catherine, you're you're just barely hanging in there today.
0: You know what? We got two sick babies here, and I've got a a doc- not an emergency doctor's appointment, but I fit in a, a sick yeah. kid appointment for so can... just a little while from now. So we're gonna yeah. fit in some news okay. before I go take yeah. care of that yeah. and yeah, eliminate yeah. the Get ideas those kids of kids feeling um, better. Like ear infection or strep or whatever is bothering her. Normally, I mean, my kids are generally pretty tough, and we don't we don't have a ton of we don't have those like long running sicknesses usually that families go through. Or we've had a pretty good oh, lucky run. Yeah, that lingering
1: but, uh, malingering yeah, feeling, yeah. But yeah.
0: now this the the little the toddler is is suffering. She's suffering, yeah. so I'm gonna take her in. But okay. other than that, I got back from my traveling. Everything wonderful was Welcome good. Back. We had a nice weekend. My parents are coming this weekend. We're gonna. We're gonna have a good time. Good. I got I got a Mother's Day present to my mother-in-law already, and my mom's coming here, which means I won't forget to get one to her. So we're like, we're covering all our bases, Vic.
1: That's good. That's good.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, we got. What do we got in the news today? Oh my gosh. Let's check my list. As we speak, things are happening. As we speak. Oh wait, what's happening as
1: we speak? The Biden verdict in the Eugene Carroll case. No, came the in.
0: Tr- you just you just besmirched Biden's name. The Trump. Oh, did I say? The
1: Biden verdict? I did? Yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Sorry. Whoops. Yes. Yes. Don't fake news. We will have a a ton because this stuff is developing now. And I mean, you know, and this was the, this is a defamation case. He was not, a jury found him guilty of defamation, not of rape, but of defamation. And the media is having a field day about this because I think they're just going to equate one and the two. But- Obviously we can have a we will have a lot more to talk about. Well,
0: if our, I know um, anything it's that it's that whatever happened today is definitely gonna be the thing that brings oh, Trump yeah. down. Yeah, yeah is this is there, it. We will revisit. We will yeah, revisit. There's yeah. several things I want to revisit, okay. but today we're All gonna you. start Go we're it. gonna start light. <laughs> let's let's talk about the president's diet. Yes. <laughs> this is Axios reporting. There's a delicious surf and turf battle inside the Biden White House over the president's plate. The food fight has pitted Joe Biden, who prefers carbs over greens, against First Lady Jill Biden, not a medical doctor, who has been pushing the commander in chief to eat more fish and veggies, whether he likes them or not. Parentheses, he does not. Why it matters. The internal tug of war over Joe Biden's diet is just one of many public and private steps being taken by close aides and the First Lady to keep. The 80-year-old president healthy as he prepares to run for a second term. Some Biden aides have long noted that he, quote, eats like a child with a food palette that skews beige. His favorite dishes include peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, BLTs, pizza, cookies, spaghetti with butter and red sauce, oh. and ice cream that he occasionally makes into a full Sunday, according to current and former Biden aides. That is... Really is literally a child's menu. <laughs> that's just every restaurant's kids menu.
1: The only thing missing there is chicken nuggets. Oh, I bet, like, I bet he eats. I'm them. sure he enjoys those little boneless chicken nuggets, either Tyson's or the you know the fancier ones. But in, yeah. in any in any event,
0: on Friday while visiting D.C.'s Taqueria Habanero, Biden ordered churros and a chicken quesadilla. Again, that's exactly what my children would order.
1: <laughs> sweets. He's got to have the sweets in there.
0: So he allegedly is having having none of this and complaining about damn she makes me eat this healthy stuff all the time of yeah
1: yes the salmon he complained about eating salmon
0: <laughs> and also allegedly will sneak sweets when Jill is out of sight once he's when she's handed him his salmon he'll move on to some briars
1: <laughs> yeah no he he doesn't he doesn't have the appearance of but he has the eating habits of Ginny Sack from The Sopranos. Yeah. She's hiding the cho- the candies in the basement. And you think she's up to something really sinister and it's the candy bars. And, and I guess that's Joe. I will say this. The first thing that came to my mind, Mary Catherine, was the Seinfeld joke about, yeah. you know, your first birthday and, you know, an old person's birthday is basically the same kind of right. birthday party where you don't know where you are. You don't know what you're doing. You're dribbling a lot and somebody feeds you, you know, and... I mean, It's basically, you know, I'm not saying so. Biden isn't quite there yet, but he's approaching the toddler stage, right? With all that you just mentioned, the foods that you just mentioned, it's just, it's very basic.
0: Yes. Now, we should also say, so it's not to be accused of too much bias that the, that President Trump, the former president, eats like trash.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And so, so many
1: pieces have been written about how horrible he eats.
0: Yeah. No, he has no sophisticated palate for Uh sure. He, he just, murders good cuts of meat by having them cooked well done and putting ungodly things on them. So just so we note that the issue with Biden, of course, is they want him as healthy as possible, right? Yes. But I do think there's a point of diminishing returns. Like once you've hit 80 plus and you're on the (laughs) diet you're on, it's like like those people who smoke and drink whiskey every day until they're 97. Like at some point it's not worth Yeah.
1: Was it was it worth switching to quinoa and kale to get to 98?
0: Yeah. Like, did you You need did you need omega threes starting at 84? I don't Mm -hmm. think so.
1: You know, my goal, my goal personally was to make it to 50. There you go. So, uh, man, this is this is this is this is what they call house money right now. You
0: you made it in your only pre-diabetic.
1: I believe. I don't know. I haven't gotten tested in a while. (laughs) The uh, you almost picture Biden wearing a bib when you when you describe you know, what he prefers to eat. Yeah. And I wanna say it's not for me personally, it's not so much the nutritional value or lack thereof that gets me as it is the banality of what he's eating. It's just very I mean again, you're you're you know, he's not far from just applesauce and pudding.
0: Yeah. Also you know? who's who's leaking this story? Um, Where's the story yeah. coming from? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: Because that's deeply it personal. Doesn't, it doesn't reflect well on him, but no. I'm I'm confused. Who would have the motivation to leak this or does someone think it does reflect well of the fact that they're being proactive of keeping him healthy? Right. Does someone think that in there? Right.
1: What What's the motive for the leak? Right. Is to suddenly get him on this other kind of a extreme diet.
0: I mean, it's, it's not like he's going to read Axios and be like, I guess I'll eat more yeah, salmon.
1: Yeah. No. <laughs> it's funny because a lot of people who are commenting on this are like, don't you have anything better to do? I mean, and obviously- I you
0: mean, know, the answer gotta, for you, us is obviously no.
1: Obviously no, right. I know there is a looming humanitarian disaster at the border about to happen with the end of Title 42. His poll numbers are in the toilet. I get it. But the piece itself, you know, actually goes to those voters' concerns. It's not to make him look good. I mean, yeah. the, the, the effect, I should say, I don't know what the motive is, but the, the effect of this piece is not like, oh, good old, you know, look at old, you know, good old Joe. He's like, I do. No, it's like, oh my gosh, this is a very old person.
0: Yes, and they're that, trying not to that... project.
1: They're trying. They just launched the reelection. They're trying to project, you know, youth and vigor. And instead, you have this guy who likes his peanut butter and jelly and spaghetti with butter and red sauce.
0: Spaghetti with butter and red, red sauce. sauce. That, is, that is an actual order in my house from my seven-year-old. <laughs> no, it's interesting to me. And as I said, I was on Fox News Sunday this week. By the way, I should have oh, given that yes, program note on Friday. Oh my goodness! I was on Fox News Sunday, and I noted that you know all the coverage is about how. Kamala really needs to define herself and she needs an issue that's going to work. And, and, you know, they have put her on AI and I said, you know, well, she's as good at AI as she was at the border. We'll all be, be under Skynet in a year and it won't matter anyway. Very but nice. But what's, what's the thing about both Biden and Kamala is that they make it so very easy to come at them. Like every yeah. time they speak, it's not as if there needs to be some other story. Every time they speak, they open themselves up to criticism yes. from Republicans. That's, That's yeah, the weakness weaknesses in the actual product they're putting forward, not necessarily. Yeah. They, the
1: they don't do themselves favors. No, no. no. Um, I was I was reminded of obviously you were talking about this earlier with Trump and his eating habits. And I was not a big fan of, of the, the whole Trump eating thing. The McDonald's thing is I don't have anything against McDonald's. I'll get it from time to time. My great concern with the president preferring that versus like a homemade White House made burger is that, you know, the the Secret Service or whoever the aide is has to go down New York Avenue, get that, you know, Big <laughs> Mac quarter pounder, fish filet, fish delight, as Trump would call mm-hmm. it, you know, a little surf and turf action and bring it back to the White House. By that time, the shelf life is about half. You know, you're down to half the time. The, with As you know, McDonald's, you got to eat it directly off that no, grill it is or fast.
0: so so the here's clock the thing ticking. the here's the trick is what they would need to find is a McDonald's now you know McDonald's McDonald's is very in their ability to serve quickly and hot food right and so and accurately so you got to find the most accurate McDonald's within a 4 mile radius yes. well, 4 miles in washington driving is yes. like 20 oh, minutes for, though. it's yes. too much yes, too much four because miles i would, is a lot. i would recommend to everybody That there is a McDonald's on US 1 near Old Town, north of Old Town, Alexandria, where I have never gotten an incorrect order thanks to Miss Angela, who runs that place, runs that ship very tightly. And that is the one I would recommend should you have to go get trash fast food for the president of the United States.
1: Well, maybe when the president comes back in 2025, oh he'll know where to go this time. That, that is what Jonathan Last and I would call a flagship McDonald's. Mm-hmm. Uh, there used to be one on Van Ness in Upper Northwest D.C. that we called a flagship. It was nice to get free refills. Everybody's friendly. Again, I was also reminded of George W. Bush. And people made fun of his diet and his choices as yes. well. When he had first come into office during inauguration, you know, a chef, this is not Christina Comerford, the great Filipina chef of the White House who came later, but a, a prior chef had come and said, we would like to make all these different things for you, very fancy. And Bush stopped them. And it was like, he points to himself. And I think this was at Blair House. And he just points mm. to me, he just said, cheeseburger, just cheeseburger. <laughs> and what... I got to think it'd be, you can get an amazing cheeseburger from your White House. I would say a combination of maybe ground chuck and brisket. Mm-hmm. You
0: know what? Here's the thing is that the American people demand a little bit of pedestrian in their president's food taste. They they demand it. And if you go to high saluting with crudité and arugula, you're going to face some slings and arrows,
1: Vic. Yes. Yes. Yes, you will. (laughs) Really, really quickly, Jacques Pepin, the great French chef, he, in the 50s, he was the chef to various presidents of France, including Charles de Gaulle. And one of them was one of there was a lot of political turmoil at that time so one of the presidents was never around and the the chief of staff commandeered and hijacked jock Papin and made him his chef and every day would give him the most complicated thing to make from a book and just point to it i would like this and he said about after a week he stopped because he got gout because it's too much (laughs) as you said too fancy you can't too fancy
0: listen what you just said there that whole scenario that is the only time I've considered running for office,
1: <laughs> because because we're picking like this is what I, I could, want because
0: I could take Jacques Pepin from someone and have him make the most
1: yeah ridiculous yeah, if thing. It was Jacques every Pepin, it would be yeah right, beef Wellington well, just for starters. Okay, we'll
0: see, all right. Oh, we got another star to talk about.
1: Oh yeah, this is a good one. I think
0: Richard Dreyfus. Project Trifus with an interesting interview with none other than Margaret Hoover on Firing Line, which is the sort of reboot of the original that is on PBS. I didn't and
1: realize I had read the transcript. I didn't realize it was with Margaret Hoover. Yes, Tree she's cake. the host.
0: She's the host. So he commented on new diversity and inclusion standards from the Academy of Motion Pictures, Picture Arts and Sciences. And he says that the updated requirements for Oscar contention, quote, make me vomit. Wow. He says, it's an art. No one should be telling me as an artist that I have to give in to the latest, most current idea of what morality is. What are we risking? Are we really risking hurting people's feelings? You can't legislate that, Dreyfus told Hoover. You have to let life be life. I'm sorry. I don't think there is a minority or a majority in the country that has to be catered to like that. Oh, he's going to get it. And I'm
1: proud of him. That is that is in some ways surprising. On the other hand, you know, even though he's liberal. He's he's not by any means a conservative, but he's old. And I feel like Mm -hmm. these old Democrats, these old liberals are still, you know, they're still sane and they're looking around them. And I think they're thinking everyone has really gone insane, even on quote unquote their side. But as soon as I saw this with that headline and the link, I was like, Mr. Holland speaks out. That's what I thought. Yes. Yes. Good for Mr. (laughs) Holland. This is in fact, This is, in fact,
0: his opus. He defended the 1965 Othello portrayal by Laurence Olivier of a black man. He said, hey, are we going to tell everybody that like so-and-so can't play a Jewish man and -and so-and-so can't play? Are we crazy? He says, this is so patronizing. It's so thoughtless and treating people like children. I love these quotes. Which means Hollywood is going to hate them. Also, I would I would note that his son Ben Dreyfus, who's a very colorful character on Twitter, might have influenced some of this frankness, or perhaps Ben got it from his father because Ben Dreyfus is also not a right leaning person, but he is a sort of a common sense person and willing to say things that others aren't willing to say, and also very entertaining when he does it. And so I I recognize a similar vibe in both father and son here.
1: Yes, and and, and Dreyfus, you know, Richard, he had had taken part in some sort of constitutional project years ago, and this sounds very antiquated now, but he was, you know... He he was looking for consensus because he cherished the founding documents and this whole thing. Oh, man. I don't hear that. Oh, man. Founding founding documents? Are you kidding me? And he actually sent once, after David Brooks wrote his case for national greatness in the Weekly Standard, we got a letter to the editor from Richard Dreyfus, who was like, you know, I don't obviously agree with David. By the way, this is David Brooks back then. So, (laughs) Different
0: different David Brooks than you read now, yes.
1: (laughs) Right, right. I don't agree with David, but, you know, we need more of this, is what he said. Good for him. Oh. So, do you, do you think he's going to, hey, he's old. Does he pay a price somehow, so way? Ah, you them? know what?
0: Here's, here's the key. And this, is, this was the key to Woody Harrelson has not gotten fully canceled because he didn't apologize for saying what he said on SNL or in interviews about his concerns about COVID and COVID sure. vaccines and COVID, vaccine, COVID mandates. He did not apologize for it. So, if Dreyfus does not get run down and forced to apologize for something he doesn't really feel sorry for, then I think he'll be fine.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's the key. Uh, I, I I would say don't apologize because it will never be enough. Yeah, once yeah. you it, that's it just the thing. makes you look bad.
0: It just makes you look bad. So we're giving that one Hold a on. coveted. We're giving that one a coveted. You love to hear it because just just fun to hear somebody. Absolutely. Hollywood Absolutely. royalty. Just just yeah. give us the real deal for a minute and d- don't apologize for it. OK, moving on because we're, we're brisk today. We're brisk. <laughs> we are. Rochelle Rochelle we have to bid farewell. Oh, I wrote a poem. Rochelle Walensky Mm -hmm. leaving the CDC after a couple years of tough work there. And I just want to, he says it better than I could off the cuff. So I'm going to read from Noah Rossman at National Review. He says, Walensky's record will not pass from memory without criticism. He says, a gentle elegy in the Washington Wall Street Journal cites some public health experts who chided Walensky's CDC for its messy and confusing messages about the agency's preferred pandemic mitigation methods. New York Times was even more generous. And then he goes on to say, Walensky's tenure, he, he goes over her actual tenure. It was typified by her craven deference to political imperatives, her reliance on dubious studies and emotional reasoning to manipulate public opinion and her willingness to occasionally abuse her authority to promote a narrow reading of what constitutes the public good. Walensky's tenure began inauspiciously enough when she assumed her appointment with the foolish understanding that she was expected to follow the clinical data in the effort to craft a sensible pandemic response. Ouch. The Biden White House quickly disabused her of that notion, and she he reminds us of the time that when she came, right, right as soon as she came in, she was like, look, great news, guys. I think schools can safely reopen, and it, teachers don't need to be vaccinated to do that. And then Jinsaki, who was press secretary at the time, said from the podium, I don't know that she was speaking in her personal capacity. That, that does not reflect the administration's view on this, because, of course, they were in the pocket of the unions who wanted everyone to stay closed until they, until they got billions and billions and billions more dollars. And Walensky, that was then like, oh, um, never mind. I think we probably need a lot more resources to get schools open. And that is symbolic
1: yeah. Yeah. of
0: many of the things that Walensky did.
1: The memo, right? She was in the memo mm-hmm. with Randy Weingarten. That was yep. her. Yeah. 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 Just and then
0: who, who we found out at that testimony last week has Wolinski's direct number, of course.
1: Yeah, that's right. And she was the one who I think she initially said, if you get vaxxed, uh, uh, you won't spread COVID. And then I, I think only a few days later, she had to dial that back. I was she had broadly.
0: also, in her capacity in her old job before she became CDC director, yeah, had said on the record. That's three feet of distance in a school would be sufficient to make things safe. And then as soon as she went to the CDC, it was like, never mind, mystical six feet is the number. And of course, this kept tons and tons and tons of school districts from opening because they couldn't possibly do it with six feet.
1: That's right. This resulted in, at best, hybrid learning. Yes. So you go two days in, two days out, plus everybody out on Mondays or whatever is asynchronous learning because there's just not enough room for all the kids because it's that dangerous. Yeah. So we, thanks. We, thanks a lot.
0: Thanks. Good, good stuff. Yeah.
1: But I'm sure we we'll I'm sure won't be the, I'm sure she'll be going around too, you know, and she'll do um, the, and you the make, make the talking, the, the lecture circuits.
0: It won't surprise you to hear that her plan to reform the agency, which she will hand off to her successor, doesn't address like any of the actual problems. <laughs> yeah. that no. that happened none of the overstepping none of the mistakes yeah. none of the none of the reliance on shoddy studies none of no. no no way to determine which ones they should rely on and so this for this former political outsider sort of became the the ultimate political insider and as you know that will mean a very beneficial career to her moving forward in speaking gigs and probably college Positions.
1: Yeah. Well, particularly, I mean, she also mentioned that racism is a huge concern of hers in terms of health mm. and the effect of racism on health oh. policy. So, right. yeah.
0: You know what? I have I have another serious story, but we're going to hold it. We're going to have a serious Thursday because we're short on time oh, today. So okay. I'm going to hold the serious story. We're going to talk about salting our coffee. Close oh, okay.
1: The yes, yes, yes. Okay.
0: <laughs> so. Bon Appetit says there's a lot of explanation about it, but what they say is that you should put salt in your coffee. What is your thought about this, Vic? And I will read some of the explanation because there is a scientific explanation as to why, but you go.
1: I remember joking with somebody about salting their coffee because I think it was at the old Caribou Coffee place where they put one of the containers was actually sugar, but it looked like a a salt dispenser. And, you know, the joke was, you know, you'd be insane to do that. Obviously, that would be a terrible idea. Iodized salt. I don't know. Are they being specific about what kind of salt to put in there? Like a little, a pinch, a pinch of kosher salt or something? or iodized.
0: it says, says you know, start slow. Sea salt? Start slow. (laughs) Hold on. I'm going to find the, the, the. Okay. So a quarter teaspoon salt to 12 tablespoons of freshly ground coffee for a pot. Is what's suggested. By the way, the suggestion came from Alton Brown, fellow UGA guy and yes. and science of food expert. Yes, yes. I'm not sure he's an actual. Is he a graduate? At and, anyway, he, he went to. UGA. Yeah,
1: he he's he's a really smart. I did it years ago when I did stuff on celebrity shows. He and I had did a did a show together on on NPR. And, oh, nice. Yeah, and he was very, he's very nice and very smart. Yeah. So
0: the the idea is that. Because of the way it works, sodium items, ions from salt bond to salt receptors on our tongue, basically blocking our brains from perceiving some of the bitter taste and boosting of coffee and boosting our perception of other flavors like sweetness. Now, I'm willing to try this because I think basically everything is better with salt.
1: Wow. And,
0: like salt on my chocolate chip cookies is fantastic. Why wouldn't it be good in my coffee?
1: I will say this. Mary Catherine, I have enough salt to deal with in my life. (laughs) I just saw I just you know, I remember reading in like a Michael Roman book about how briny salty pasta water is supposed to be. And then I'm in the elevator. And I'm watching Elevator News. as You know, that's where I get all of my news from. Well, is yeah. All of the elevator so that news. you can bring
0: it to the people on the yeah, podcast, yeah. That's, right?
1: that's, that's that's how it works. What we do, I
0: use. I actually use gas station news. That's where oh, I gas get station.
1: Mine. oh, gas station. Oh, gas station news, news too. Yes, yes. <laughs> we both actually, listeners are probably wondering. We both get our news from Maria Menuno's. Actually, hey, hey, uh, <laughs> no hate for Maria Menounos. Newbie, N- 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 that N- girl, that girl's N- N- from, N- yeah, she's, she's great. She's everywhere. Okay, so I have enough salt to deal with in my life, and I saw this thing on Elevator News about how we're putting too much salt in the pasta water. And it's supposed to be much less. I'm like, oh, now you tell me, because you know, just, i have you know, I'm, I'm very, you know, I have, I have all sorts of issues, as you know. So the last thing I need, <laughs> the last thing I need is to add more salt into different things. I don't I'm fine with the bitterness. I like bitterness. Okay. So, I'm okay. not going to add to that because again, I have it's too much salt. I got to draw the line. Okay. I'm curious. Maybe I'll try it once. And you know, there are people out there, for example, who will sprinkle a little salt on their ice cream. Yes. You know, like chocolate Delicious. ice cream with a, supposedly. So, you haven't tried it yet, but you're going to try. it. Is that what you're saying? I will
0: I will try with the coffee. I put I I'm surprised it has not occurred to me sooner because I put salt on basically everything.
1: Wait, you, okay, we're not, I'm not talking about when you're baking and cooking. I'm talking about, okay, the, the plate is in front of you. You're about to mm-hmm. sit down to your meal, knife and fork in hand. You add, are you one of those people? Oh, because
0: yeah, I rarely, I rarely. You even add salt try, at the end? I rarely even try the dish before I put the salt on. <laughs>
1: You do know this is no longer the nineteen seventies. You don't you know this? We're no longer living in the 70s. Se- you you're like my in-laws. I haven't seen people do that in years. But oh, you know, people do the add the salt. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what. But you know what?
0: Do. No, hold on, hold on. Can yeah. I, yeah, I say sure. okay? that I, uh-huh. I did step it up a notch, okay? I did I did step it up a notch because I'm not I'm not just using a regular pedestrian shaker. No, I'm either I'm either grinding Oh a
1: ground salt. Yeah. I'm either
0: grinding Himalayan. Fancy.
1: Yeah, the, the Himalayan
0: fancy. salt or yeah. a pinch of kosher salt, right? So it's it's yeah. classy oh, okay. salt adding. Okay, yeah. it's, it's not fast. like
1: a it's not like dash. You know, I got to add my dash. Which I go you know, to the, the hospital. Oh I remember gosh. they give you dash. I'm like, why 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 bother? That but, reminds uh, me, that dash is good. Oh come on, it's, <laughs> oh come on. This I always worry, but I don't do it at like a, a dinner party because I think that I don't want to insult the cook by thinking that they didn't yes. put on. But in fact. Like if my in-laws have us over for dinner, you know my father-in-law will freely, openly add salt because I think she adds no salt. Well, so it's just understood. So there, it I, is not an insult.
0: Yeah, I cook. I cook with salt, but I just think it's oh, like a liberally. bonus. liberally, it's a bonus. It's, it's a, like you just you oh. just put it on there. It's like, mm. and by the way, I have eaten salt on my ice cream before. It's delicious, especially if it's like a caramel type of yeah. flavor. Woo, so good.
1: All right. Well, hold on. I have to adjust my dialysis machine one <laughs> second here. Okay. Okay. Well, I'll I'll consider it. Okay. Okay.
0: You know, we usually it's a very it's mostly a positive show, but today I'm salty and he's bitter, and we're going to close it up. That's it.
1: And that's that's the that's why it goes sometimes. That's what you get. That wraps up this episode of Getting Hammered. Remember, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher, and you can follow me on Twitter at Victorina Mattis.
0: I'm at MK Hammer on Twitter and Substack, where my Pictures of my bathroom are now posted. Oh, yeah. Okay, I did the whole rundown. If anybody wants to get themselves into an, a really arduous DIY, you too can follow my method to Great. a new bathroom. So you can see that there or on my Instagram at mkhammer time. I'm sorry to skip out a little early on you guys today, but we will make it up to you on Thursday. I'm going to get this baby to the doctor and yeah. take care um, of those kids. Thank you for getting hammered responsibly. This has been a Nebulous Media podcast you.